You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome to Chakras and Shotguns, the podcast that guides you on a journey of spiritual development and personal preparedness. I'm Mick, a marketer, energy healer, and prepper. And I'm Jen, a former lawyer, yogi, and human design lover. So a few years ago, Jen and I started digging into all things spiritual, metaphysical, and paranormal. And during that time, I became fascinated with energy vortexes. Now you might be wondering, what the hell is an energy vortex? Well, we're going to get into that. We'll talk about what they are, where they are, and what some people experience when they visit them. We'll also share our own personal experiences when we visited some of them. Mm, But before we get into that, I did want to tell you all, if you haven't seen on our Instagram, we recently launched readings and Reiki sessions. So you can book a tarot or human design reading with me or a Reiki session with Mick. Everything's fully remote, and you can find more information about that on chakrasandshotguns.com. So very exciting. Love looking at people's charts. Love pulling cards. Mick is fantastic, a fantastic energy healer. So check it out. Thanks for that, Jen. And I definitely got to shout you out. You have become an amazing tarot reader. I know you don't like to toot your own horn, but you're dope. Mm, Thanks. So sign up with Jen, y'all. All All right, guys, we're going to, as we always do, start off with a little bit of breath work. I will be running today's. So we're going to be talking about energy and energy vortexes. So I thought that would be a good place to work from with today's breath work. So let's all get in a nice, comfortable position. Sit up nice and straight. And we'll begin. We'll start by taking three really deep grounding breaths, breathing in through our nose and out through our mouth. Inhale. Hold it at the top. And exhale nice and slowly through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. And hold at the top. And exhale slowly through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. Hold at the top. slowly breathe out through the mouth. Now I want you to visualize a disk of energy floating above your head. And I want you to imagine that this starts to slowly expand and encapsulate your body. So you should feel it starting to flatten out and curve around your body, creating almost a bubble. You can imagine it to be whatever color you prefer. 
Now imagine this bubble that's around you is feeding each of your chakras with beautiful energy. Feel it penetrate your crown chakra, energizing your mind. Feel it move down to your third eye. Moving down to your throat chakra. And just sit and breathe. Breathe in all of this blissful energy. Reinvigorating your body. We'll move down to the heart chakra. With each inhale, just breathe in this nourishing energy. Continue down to your solar plexus. Down to your sacral. It's in with our root. Let's take two more breaths into the nose. Out to the mouth. Into the nose. And out to the mouth. We can close our little mini energy vortex that we've created here. Imagine the bubble closing back and forming back into a disc above your head. And slowly open your eyes. You can say the words, I am recharged, I am refreshed, I am revitalized. Ooh. Thanks, Meg. Let's get into our main topic. Today we're talking about vortexes. So first let's start out with what is a vortex? The first time I heard it, and it's like one of those things where like, yeah, it's a vortex. It's a vortex. It's a vortex. And it made me think of the incomparable Nini Lynx. And I said, okay, whatever that means. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna poke fun at one of our faves, Kira Buckley. She loves to throw out the word vortex, and I feel like she might have been one of the first people that I I heard say it, and I was like, "What is she talking about?" I think it's one of those like spirituality jargon terms that people who've kind of been in this space for a while they just assume other people know what it is, and you're kind of getting caught up in their vortex a little bit, where you're just like, "Can I ask what that means?" <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that means. So to give the official definition, energy vortexes are places on earth that act as hubs for energy. They hold more energy than a normal place on earth. And the belief is that they are at the intersection of energetic rivers called ley lines that exist within the earth's electromagnetic field. Okay, okay, so we got the definition. That sounds great, mm -hmm. but why should we care? What's so special about energy vortexes? Mm -hmm. So people who visit energy vortexes, they have a variety of experiences. Some people experience rejuvenation. Like, they're like, yes, like, at a monster energy drink. Like, mm -hmm, let's go mm -hmm. for a loco. <laughs> Physical healing, which is amazing. Spiritual messages connection with the other side 
and even UFO activity. Mm. So what I find interesting about this idea of, you know, Earth having this electromagnetic field and there are certain places that have stronger energy, it's really similar to our interest in like the chakra system, right? There are a lot of cultures throughout the world that we've talked about before that have, you know, systems for explaining energy flow in the body, right? So we have the Chinese medicine, they talk about the meridians and that's how you get to acupuncture, right? They're putting needles in specific meridians to, you know, harness the energy and unblock it, right? There's Reiki, which I practice that comes from Japan. There's Prana and Kundalini, which is in India. The Egyptians had a system for understanding energy. In much the same way, these cultures that had systems for understanding energy in the body, they also had explanations around how the the planet's energy, you know, works and where their specific centers. So you see this kind of pop up in a lot of places. Mm. I think that's been probably one of my favorite parts on this spiritual journey is that the more I discover, there's this hubris where you feel like, oh, we had to have a telescope to know what the galaxy looks like, or we had to have all of these very sophisticated systems to chart the stars or know how our body works or, Mm -hmm. you know what intricate on a cellular level things happen within our body or a plant or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you'll find out that there is like documentation, ancient knowledge about these things that Mm -hmm. we think that we're discovering because, and they're new to us, but Mm -hmm. they weren't new to these ancient civilizations. For sure. And it's really cool. And, I like to attribute some of it to to the lifestyles of these cultures, that they were so connected to, like, the earth and what was around them. Like, they weren't surrounded by concrete and mm-hmm. file folders and iPhones. And they were just very much so connected to nature yeah, and what nature was telling them. It's yeah. That's a whole tangent. I want to go there just a little bit. A little bit of an aside. I was watching the show with the girls and it was, I forget the exact name of it. It's one of these like nature shows where they're like watching animals all across the world. It's the one on Netflix that's narrated by Morgan Freeman. I'll put the title of it in the show notes. But basically they were talking about how these these dolphins uh, and these orcas essentially would leave their place of birth and know how to get back to that place to you know give birth to their their kids Mm. and it was all based on them like being sensitive enough to the energy of certain places to know the signature of a of the of the birthing grounds right like Mm. they could make their way back there because they were that tapped into the energy and so to your point these ancient cultures they were so close to to nature that i'm sure there were practices of tapping into the earth's energy to be able to know certain things that we now have to rely on technology for. Mm. So that's my little tangent there. This is how I would wrap up this thought is if on this spiritual journey, you feel connected to certain energies or vibes or the energy of a place, or you walk into a specific place and you're like, "Mm -mm," and you think, Oh, I'm crazy. Is this all real? Baby, this is not new. It's new to you. Yeah. 
And so, and I'm saying this also to myself, Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's like, what am I talking about? Mm -hmm. But then you remember that it's patterns and history and thousands and tens of thousands of years of history and experience and that you're just experiencing it in this lifetime today. Mm -hmm. And that's new to you. Anyways, so back to energy vortexes. To your point, Mick, there are some that believe that specific energy vortexes form the chakras of the earth. So it's kind of similar to what we discussed in previous episodes about the chakra system. There are several energy centers in the body. We've just developed a system that focuses on the largest energy centers, which are the seven that are most discussed. In the same way, there are several energy centers around the world with a set few that are the largest ones. Got it. So let's get into where some of these major energy vortexes are. We know that a lot of them are in places that you've heard of. Think like Pyramid of Giza, Machu Picchu, Stonehenge, but there are also a lot of lesser known ones. The sites considered to be the Earth's main chakras, root chakra, Mount Shasta. That's in California near the Oregon border. Sacral, Lake Titicaca. That's a lake down in Mexico. Solar plexus, Uluru. That's in Western Australia. Heart chakra, Stonehenge. That's in England. Throat chakra, the Pyramids of Giza. Egypt. Third eye, it actually moves over time and is currently near the heart chakra at Stonehenge. Yeah, this one was a little hard to understand when I was researching. Apparently, like it lies in the ether and depending on how the Earth's movements are, it moves physical location. Mm. So, I don't know. It's near Stonehenge right now. I didn't really track where it's going next. Okay. (laughs) Can you track that? Interesting. Just does what it feels like. And last but not least, Mount Kalash. And that one's in China. So those are the major ones. For some of the smaller ones, there's actually a website called vortexhunters.com that we'll link in the show notes. And looking at vortexhunters.com, we actually realized that we've been to quite a few energy vortexes. Some of them we visited before we were kind of on this journey and we're even aware of what a vortex was and some that we've kind of visited after this knowledge. Let's talk about a few of them. So the last energy vortex that Mick and I went to together was in Sedona. We went in 2021 for a wellness retreat and Sedona itself is an energy vortex, like the entire city, but there are some specific ones that people go to visit within Sedona. And so we visited Bell Rock and Cathedral Rock. What was kind of cool, but also hashtag capitalism was there were a lot of crystal shops and spirituality shops, metaphysical shops all around the area, but they knew that people were coming in to experience that. One really neat thing that you'll see at energy vortexes is that the way the trees grow. So like the trees will, the trunk of the tree will almost twist on itself. It won't just grow straight up. They'll kind of twist in a spiral which is very interesting Mm -hmm. and something I haven't done a ton of research on but I feel like spirals and are patterns that pop up all over earth and just like 
history and nature and science and math and music and yeah so the twisting of the branches is really cool to see and you can kind of look at it from like a natural perspective and like wow like what is it in this place that makes this tree grow that way but again this is an energy vortex so some people are looking for more of the paranormal some of the spooky aspects of an energy vortex and so we were our group was hiking super easy hike at bell rock if you ever want to go and we kind of spaced out to kind of do our own thing and so i went to go meditate on this rock formation so i'm sitting there by myself and i'm meditating just to see you know how i feel and just observe my experience. And as I'm sitting there, I feel something, someone rather, I feel someone come and sit next to me. And so I do think there was a part of me that was kind of like, okay, you see me over here trying to meditate. Who is this? I thought it was Mick. You know, he loved to be up under me. So I thought it was Mick coming to sit by me. And I kind of crack an eye open and mm, there's nobody there. (laughs) Nobody that I can see with my two eyes. And so I'm like, okay, maybe it's in my mind. I don't know. So I close my eyes and I'm getting back into my meditation. And I'm kind of like, who is this? If this is a spirit, an entity sitting next to me, who are they? What do they look like? And I didn't get a name or anything that concrete, but I was very clear that it was a male and they were younger so you know maybe 10 11 and I'm like okay well maybe again back to the aside maybe that's all in my head I don't know maybe I just made this up maybe I wanted to have this type of experience but I get off the rock and Mick was like oh I was taking pictures of you meditating I was like really let me see and so he shows me the picture and I zoom in and very clearly on the rock on the same side I didn't tell him that I felt anybody up there. You can see a shadow that looks like a preteen boy. And the energy was very like, hey, I just kind of want to come hang out with you while you're meditating. And so that was mind blowing. Yeah. And then the entire time we were out there, I could, I was seeing a lot of stuff out of the corner of my eye. Like I felt... I felt a lot of indigenous energy there. Mm -hmm. And so it was really, really interesting, really humbling too. Mm -hmm. Kind of makes you check your ego a little bit that you think you have a handle on what earth is. And like, Mm -hmm. we have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. No, I felt a a heightening of my like spiritual gifts as well. Right. I, I felt like I had control over my aura. Like I could actually make it expand and contract. And like at one point we were having like a ceremony at night and I felt myself wanting to create like a protective energetic barrier around the house. And so like I sat in meditation and felt my aura expanding around the group, like creating like almost like a sacred space mm. for us to, to experience that ceremony. So really cool experience. I haven't really felt it that strong elsewhere. Mm. So another energy vortex that we visited is Machu Picchu, which is in Peru. We went in 2016 before our spiritual journey. So we were not as tapped into subtle energies. We didn't know what a vortex was. We was just out here. Okay. We were like, oh, this will be a cool place to visit. Whatever. We'll see the vibes. 
And I actually feel really bad. And I owe this lady an apology now. But at the time, I thought she was wilding. So there's a little town where you stay to go into Machu Picchu. It's called Aguas Calientes. And there's a bus that takes you from there to the entrance to Machu Picchu. And so we're on this bus. I see this couple. They hippy dippy, you know, fill in the blank. And (laughs) they're hippy dippy. And they're like, oh, I can't wait till we get to Machu Picchu. It's going to be the vibes. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And we get there and we walk in. And this heifer has on no shoes, barefoot, barefoot. And... Machu Picchu, you're you're not in the Mall of America here, okay? This is rugged rocks. Nobody's paved nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just grass, rocks, dirt. And she just out here, no shoes on. And I was like, are you kidding me? Now, her boo partner, whatever, was taking pictures of her. So I just knew they were doing this photogram. And I was like, this is so annoying. But in hindsight... She might have just been grounding, doing it for the ground, (laughs) grounding all of that beautiful vortex energy and was out here trying to, you know, get souped up before she went back (laughs) to the States. But I was just like, this is why people don't want Americans going nowhere because we don't know how to act. (laughs) Savages, all of us. And you know what? She might have been ahead of the curve. So to that lady, I'm sorry. Aside from the lady with the dirty feet, though, we did just have a really, I think, peaceful time at this site. So if you don't know much about Machu Picchu, people really still don't know what it was used for. But mm. there are there is some speculation that this was like a place of ceremony, a place for spiritual connection when they would leave kind of their main city civilization area and go up into the mountains to perform different spiritual ceremonies we don't know again for sure and you can kind of feel kind of a sacred energy there i just remember i didn't want to leave i just wanted to kind of find quiet areas and just take in the energy just it felt really welcoming like like i belong there you Mm. know so i just you know if you haven't been to machu picchu try to make it down there it's great it's a beautiful beautiful place One other thing, if you get to go to Machu Picchu and you're down for a steep ass hike, reserve tickets to hike Wanu Picchu, which is the little mountain right behind Machu Picchu. They only let a certain number of people in at a time because only so many people can go up them stairs and down them stairs at a time. It's really steep, very narrow. But once you're up there, the elevation of Machu Picchu in and of itself is already high. And then you hike up this mountain. When you look off of the mountain, you're above the clouds, which mm-hmm. is also very interesting, like spirituality wise, like yeah. you're above the clouds. You're so high. You're so lifted, high vibrations. Yeah. It's you just feel it feels otherworldly yeah. to be there. So very cool place. 10 out of 10. Definitely recommend. <laughs> So another place that I personally felt like that same sense of belonging to Machu Picchu was in Egypt at the pyramids. And so in 2010, I got to visit. It was before kind of the Arab Spring and all of that happened. And so I got to see quite a bit of the country itself. But specifically at the pyramids, we had a a tour guide, my guy Mimo. He was cool as dude. (laughs) And so he somehow had some connections 
and was able to actually get us inside of the pyramids. Now, this is not something that's open to the public. This is Mimo's special hookup. I got a hookup. How if you hear me? And so I get to go inside the pyramid and talk about an energy vortex, right? It just felt charged in there. And I have a picture, actually, from where I'm sitting inside the pyramid. And in the picture, I didn't notice this until like a couple of years ago, actually. But there's an orb of energy right next to me in this picture. And I showed this picture to Melanie Esperon, our our fave clairvoyant family friend. And she was like, yeah, there was a spirit there hanging out with you. And all I can think about is that there was just some type of otherworldly connection that I have with that place. And I've since done past life regressions. You can go back to episode 52 where we talked to Marcy Barron. In that past life regression, I actually had a past life in Egypt. And so the connection I felt there, I'm sure, has a ton to do with that past life. Mm. That makes me think of our last episode about time, Mm -hmm. where it was like, you had a past life in Egypt. You went to Egypt in 2010 just for like the vibes, right? Like you Mm -hmm. were like, this will be cool. I'll be in Africa around that time. But then later you found out about all of this and it's like, oh, well, of course I did all of these things, but I didn't know about it until Mm -hmm. 2020. How time just... Yeah. It's all laid on top of each other. Yeah. Interesting. I do remember when you told me that you got into that pyramid and you weren't supposed to be in there. I was like, who does he think he is? Beyonce? (laughs) Definitely didn't think I was Beyonce, but I was getting lots of random American pop culture references thrown at me. I think over in Egypt, they see black Americans and they're like trying to relate to us. So they'll just like throw out whatever they know and they don't have a ton of command of the English language. So I was just hearing random things like Obama, LeBron. Even (laughs) random stuff like Lone Ranger. And I was like, Lone Ranger? Okay, I don't know how that fits. But okay, Tupac, Jay-Z. I was like, all right. like So it was an interesting time being over there. Made you look. The last energy vortex that I'll talk about my personal experience at is Enchanted Rock in Texas. And so I came to this place because I was planning my first men's retreat. Uh, If you don't know, I plan spiritual wellness retreats for men. The whole purpose is really to try to get guys specifically to get more in touch and heal any past traumas and to you know unplug from the usual stresses of the city and kind of get away. And my experience in Sedona with Jen, I you know felt such a strong pull at this energy vortex that I wanted all of my retreats to be at an energy vortex. I found that there was one not far from Dallas that was near the Austin area. It's actually really close to Fredericksburg, Texas, which is a part of the Texas wine country. And so there's this mountain hill, kind of depends on where you grew up, if you call it a mountain or a hill. It's not that high up elevation. It is sacred to Native Americans. And so I wanted to incorporate a hike of Enchanted Rock as a part of my retreat. And it was just a really special place. I think it had all of the signatures of an energy vortex. We saw twisted tree branches. We felt really strong energy there. There were a lot of spiritual experiences that we had as a part of the weekend. And so, yeah, I think if you have the opportunity, check out Enchanted Rock. It's it's a wonderful place. Mm. Honorable mention, not because it's a boo-boo energy vortex, but just because the experience, the vibes were not 
there for us was Stonehenge. We went in 2019, November, England, <laughs> cold, wind, rain. That's all I experienced. I saw the rocks. Yeah. And I was like, let's go. Yeah, it was a very different vibe. I think Machu Picchu, you know, we were hanging out. It was beautiful, 65, 70 degrees out there. Had a great time. But yeah, Stonehenge, it was very much a, all right, we saw it, let's go. So maybe in the, in the springtime, it would be a very different experience. You can actually embrace that uh, that energy vortex. Yeah, every picture that we took outside of Stonehenge, my face is like in a grimace. <laughs> My fro looks like it's about to blow off my head. Yeah, that wind was whipping. And yeah, but very cool story. And I think what's also really interesting about a lot of these places is this element of this does not make sense. I don't know how they built this at Mm -hmm. this time. I don't know how they got, that was the pyramid. I don't Mm -hmm. know how they got these rocks to this location at this time. Mm -hmm. That's Stonehenge. Machu Picchu, we're not really quite sure what they were doing there. There's like all of these sites that, and those are just a few, the mm-hmm. ones we've talked about, these sites where, you know, people, archaeologists are trying to figure out what in the world was was going on. And even with the technology and the knowledge and the history that we have, they still don't know. Mm-hmm. That's wild to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's very interesting, too. Yeah, there's a book called Earth Grids that I was reading that basically tries to draw the connections between all the different sites on the planet and show how they are connected via the ley lines. So it's really interesting stuff. You can check that out if you're bored one night. Or if you're really cool. (laughs) Just want to nerd out. Go for it. So now that you know what the hell an energy vortex is... Are you thinking about going to one of them? What should you do when you get there? Yeah, so there's a few things you should do if you check out an energy vortex. Number one, bring your crystals with you because you can use the energy of the vortex to charge them. So you can place your crystals in the soil or you can kind of make a little shallow hole and bury them for a little while. Just let them charge up. You also want to meditate. So find some space where you can be alone, breathe in deeply. And just really connect with the energy of the of the place. You can be like old girl from Machu Picchu. Take your shoes off. Do some grounding while you meditate. Really connect with the land. <laughs> Bring some wet wipes when you're done. <laughs> and then if you have any like questions that you want to get the answers to. And you want to just sit out there and while you're meditating. Ask them out loud and kind of see what answers come to you. Really Tap into your claircognizance and see what you can can gather. Mm. Well, book a flight, find a vortex near you, <laughs> and see what happens. All right, guys, before we go, we do want to remind you to check out chakrasandshotguns.com slash readings and book a reading for tarot cards. My wife is an amazing tarot card reader, even though she's very shy about it. I have to be her spokesman, cheerleader person getting her out here. But she does a great job. If you have any questions around finances or career or love, she can give you a great tarot card reading. She's also amazing at human design chart readings. So you just give her your birth information and she can pull up your chart, tell you how your energy centers are working together 
and how you can make better decisions utilizing your unique energy signature. And if you are interested in having a Reiki session with me, I have those available also on the websites. So I do both in-person and remote energy healing. So hit me up. And finally, if you're enjoying the show and you made it this far, please subscribe and give us five stars wherever you listen. Namaste. Namaste.